Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew with your sneak peek at our top news stories from this past week of Archaeologica. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeostik. Analysis of early American colonial paper money reveals that Benjamin Franklin was way ahead of his time in thwarting counterfeiters. A vast labyrinth of tunnels in the ancient Zapotec city of Mitla and beneath the Oaxacan Spanish colonial church has come to light thanks to several advanced remote sensing techniques. Excavators at an abandoned German medieval monastery came upon four gold coins probably hidden during a time of trouble and a Neolithic axe-sharpening polishing stone, probably 5,000 years old and only the second of its kind still in place, caught the eye of volunteers clearing scrub in the Dorset region of England. Thanks to everyone for supporting our subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagecac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku, Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue this year, including a tour of Andean sites in Peru in October. You can still join us. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org tours. And now, here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy. Here are the headlines in archaeological and historical news from July 16th through the 22nd, 2023. We begin this week in Indiana, where, according to an article in phys.org, a research team at the University of Notre Dame has learned of the groundbreaking techniques used by Benjamin Franklin to protect early paper money from counterfeiters. Because British silver and gold coins were rapidly spent on goods from abroad, the American colonies were left with a dwindling supply of money to expand their economy. Franklin, a printer by trade, resolved to produce paper money to ensure their economic independence. Franklin quickly encountered a problem, counterfeiters. When he opened his printing house in 1728, paper money was a fairly new concept. Since it had no intrinsic value and wasn't standardized, it was easy for counterfeiters to pass off fake bills. Undeterred, Franklin set out to embed a suite of security features in his bills that would make them distinctive. The ledger that recorded these features has been lost to history. Researchers from the University of Notre Dame used cutting-edge spectroscopic and imaging instruments at five university facilities to closely examine the inks, paper, and fibers of each of Notre Dame's collection of nearly 600 colonial-era notes, searching for added features that made them hard to duplicate. The notes span an 80-year period and include examples printed by Franklin's network of printing shops, other printers, and some counterfeit notes. One of Franklin's innovative techniques was his choice of pigments. Although he used burnt vegetable oil, or lamp black, for most projects, for printing money, he chose a special black dye made from graphite found in rock. It produces only traces of the calcium and phosphorus found in other black pigments, such as that made from burnt bone that counterfeiters often used. The presence of lamp black or bone black in colonial bills was a dead giveaway of forgery. 
Another shrewd approach was the paper itself. While introducing tiny fibers into the paper pulp has been attributed to paper manufacturer Zenas Marshall Crane, who introduced the practice in 1844, the team found evidence that Franklin included colored silks in his paper far earlier. They also discovered that he added translucent muscovite crystals for strength, increasing their size over time as they also proved a deterrent to counterfeiters. Franklin printed nearly 2,500,000 money notes for the colonies, pioneering sophisticated anti-counterfeiting techniques that protected their value. The project was reported in a study published this week in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Next, we travel to Oaxaca, Mexico, where new analysis has confirmed a vast labyrinth of tunnels beneath the ruins of the ancient city of Mitla. Legend says the intricate network was built by the ancient Zapotecs, who believed the location was a doorway to the underworld. News of the project was published in the Smithsonian Magazine on July 18th. Mitla was a religious center for the Zapotecs, who appeared in the Oaxaca Valley around the 6th century BC. The city's mosaics and murals can still be seen at the site. The Catholic Church of San Pablo was constructed on the ruins in the late 1500s. But when Spanish missionaries led by Dominican father Francisco Burgoa decided to explore the subterranean maze below the church in 1674, they were so terrified they sealed all entrances to the tunnel network. Now, researchers from the National Autonomous University of Mexico, the Archaeology Research and Exploration Project, and Mexico's National Institute of History and Anthropology are working together to uncover Mitla's secrets. They've named their endeavor Project Lioba, the Zapotec name for the Great Subterranean Temple, meaning place of rest. The team created a virtual 3D model of the underground passageways using a combination of ground-penetrating radar, electrical resistivity tomography, and seismic noise tomography. These geophysical scanning technologies reveal accurate results without disturbing the archaeological site. While they expected to find tunnels, the team was surprised by the site's vastness, which they still haven't fully defined. The scans revealed a large void beneath the church's main altar and two passages, some 16 to 26 feet below ground. Another geophysical anomaly was detected north of the church. According to researcher Marco Vigato, these discoveries directly relate to what is known about ancient Zapotec beliefs and concepts of the underworld. They also verify colonial accounts of elaborate rituals and ceremonies conducted at Mitla in subterranean chambers associated with the cult of the dead and the ancestors. In September, the team will conduct a second round of investigations of other structures in the ancient city. Their findings will clarify the role of Mitla in Zapotec culture and provide valuable information in managing and preventing seismic and geological risks in the area. Our third story takes us to the town of Wennegerode, near the foothills of the Harz Mountains in Germany, where four 15th-century gold coins have been excavated from the ruins of Himmelforten, a former Augustinian monastery. The German news agency Deutsche Press Agentur reported the find, and the story comes to us from the Miami Herald. 
The coins, which would have represented a small fortune at the time, may have been hastily hidden by a monk in 1525 during the German Peasants' War, when rebellious farmers, demanding greater rights and freedom from oppression, stormed and looted the monastery. The monk's daring act clearly didn't end well, since the treasure has lain unsalvaged until now. The coins are known as guilders and were used during the Holy Roman Empire, which spanned Western, Central, and Southern Europe from the end of the first millennium to 1806. At its largest, the empire's territory covered all of modern-day Germany. The monastery would have been located within that territory. The discovered coins include a gilder of the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick III minted in Frankfurt am Main before 1493, a gilder struck in Schwabach near Nuremberg between 1486 and 1495, and two gilders of the Archdiocese of Cologne, minted in Bonn around 1480 to 1481. Located in the central German state of Saxony-Anhalt, the von Hartsrode family founded the Himmelforden Monastery before 1253. The important regional religious, central, and economic center operated for nearly 300 years until its dismantling during the Reformation. The buildings were later almost completely demolished and decayed. Even the exact location of the monastery had not been known until present day. In addition to the coins, an intensive metal detector investigation of the monastery site revealed brass book clasps, a writing stylus, ceramics, horseshoes, tools, a sickle, a lock fragment, weapon parts, and a high medieval spur. Richly decorated cloth seals made with lead indicate large-scale fabric trade. These findings gave insight into the monastic community's everyday life, economy, trade, and prosperity. The Saxony-Anhalt State Office for Heritage Management and Archaeology conducted the excavation, supported by some 30 local volunteers recruited by the city. And finally, archaeologists in England have made a rare discovery, a Neolithic polishing stone, Axe-sharpening polishing stones, or polissoirs, are commonly found across France, but the one recently discovered in a Dorset field is only the second undisturbed or in situ example ever found in England. It is made of a sarsen stone, the same type of silicified sandstone boulder as many megaliths used to build Stonehenge. A team of volunteers uncovered the stone while clearing scrub in Dorset's Valley of Stones National Nature Reserve during a community heritage project run by the nonprofit Past Participate. Even to expert eyes, it was easy to miss. From one side, it looked like dozens of other sarsen boulders strewn across the valley, tumbled down from the ridge during the last ice age. But the other side had a smooth, shiny section that could only be man-made. Commonly fashioned of materials like flint, volcanic tuff, and granite, polissoirs are typically elongated stones with one smooth, polished surface used for honing and polishing stone tools. Users would rub their tools back and forth against the surface, gradually refining their shape and sharpness. Early farmers used the stones to sharpen stone axes, critical tools for clearing woodland for planting and building houses. Without them, farming would have been impossible. The Dorset find is over 5,000 years old, dating it squarely to the Neolithic period. 
Since the polissoir was found near the site of an ancient routeway, it probably didn't belong to a settled group, but was used by people passing through as a sort of Stone Age workstation. Hidden in the hills between Dorchester and Weymouth, the Valley of Stones is surrounded by the South Dorset Ridgeway, an ancient trackway on a ridge of high land with stunning views of the Jurassic coast. The area has attracted people for thousands of years, serving as a ceremonial landscape in which to celebrate life and bury the dead. The polissoir will not be taken to a museum. It will be left as it was found, and the area around it will be analyzed for more insights into the use of the stone and the communities using it. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, check out our growing subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. Mm-hmm.